Hello, friends. This is Derek Kistner, founder and executive director of the Greater Peoria House of Prayer. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this podcast. Whether you're hearing from me, my wife Mandy, or a trusted leader, it's my hope that it would serve you well in your walk with Jesus. Maybe you're listening at home here in central Illinois, maybe in your vehicle, or even somewhere on the other side of the world. However you're tuning in or wherever you are, it's my prayer that what you hear helps you to love God, His Word, His Spirit, His Church, and the people you interact with each and every day. Thanks again for listening, and may the grace of God fill your heart as you listen to the following message. Uh, Holy Spirit, uh, I'm coming before uh, you right now, and I'm asking that you would uh, make real the truths of Scripture uh, make real uh, the different verses that are shared tonight, Lord, and, and speak to us on an individual level, God. Uh, I'm asking that Jesus would be lifted up tonight. I'm asking that the Father's love would uh, be made real in this place. And, uh, and I'm asking, Holy Spirit, that once again, it says in your word that you are the spirit of truth. You will lead us and guide us into all truth. And so I'm asking, Holy Spirit, you would direct our hearts into what is true. Jesus, you said that it's the truth that makes us free. So we want to we walk in truth, which is uh, to walk in freedom. And so help us tonight, Lord. Uh, I am just a, a, a human vessel, and I'm asking that you would take these words and anoint them uh, for the sake of everybody here for the sake of those that will hear this on the recording or through Facebook. And I ask that you would be made known through your word in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Okay. Is everybody at Luke 10? Luke 10 in your Bible or your app? I think everybody uses their smartphones these days. (laughs) Fewer and fewer actual Bibles. I remember when it was cool to have your Bible and your Bible bag. I still do that. But I'm, I'm kind of out of style at this point. But uh, in Luke chapter 10, verse 40, if you come around here long enough, you're going to hear me talk about Luke 10, the story of Mary and Martha and Jesus. And, and most of us know the story. Uh, I, 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 I like it because it's, it's like, what if God showed up at your house? What would you do? And that's what happened that day. Jesus just stops by. Mary and Martha's house. And we see this interesting conversation take place. Mary recognizes this is the Lord. This is the Messiah, Jesus. Like, we're just going to stop everything and listen to whatever he says, right? That's what you're supposed to do. And Martha has a different reaction. Martha's like, oh, I got to prepare dinner. I got to get things done. We've got a guest. And in the ensuing drama of all of the preparation, Martha comes before the Lord. And it says Martha's distracted. This is verse 40. She's distracted. She's uh, serving much. And she comes to the Lord. And this is a picture of intercession when we're kind of too distracted and we're anxious and we're too busy. This is, a, this is a picture of how we pray. We start telling God to rebuke his people for not doing the work we're doing. <laughs> and so prayer becomes like this, almost like a, a, it's my avenue to complain and inform God about all the work that could have gotten done if only he got it. And so we learn very quickly that that's not the, the right way to go about prayer. 
Because Noah, or not Noah, Martha, she shares this kind of this prayer to the Lord. Don't you know that I'm the one serving and tell Mary to get off her rear end and start, you know, she kind of does that thing. And Jesus gently but clearly, Martha, Martha, whoa, whoa. <laughs> it doesn't say whoa, whoa, but I'm, I'm kind of guessing that's part of it. Martha, Martha. Uh, you're you're bothered by so many things right now, and and you're troubled. Mary's actually doing what's needed. She's doing the one thing. The like she gets it, and so I'm not going to tell her to stop. In fact, I'm going to urge you to take that posture. So this is an interesting unfolding that's that's happening. And so in this, Mary is just like watching, like, oh, great, like God's here and Martha's having a meltdown, like, geez, you know, imagine the family dynamics that that are, I mean, if this is what happens when God's there, imagine when he's not there. I mean, you're usually on your best behavior when the chief rabbi or someone important's in town. And so I get it. I've had enough gatherings where, you know, someone loses it or I've like, ooh, you know, gotten into a bad, a bad spirit for a moment or, or two. But you, know, you just kind of get the, the situation. But in this, Mary is just trying to connect with the Lord. She's just doing what she feels is right and Martha completely misunderstands the situation and her. And so I want to talk a little bit tonight. I don't want to go too long, but I want to just talk about this in particular. When you're misunderstood by family and by leaders, because you will, if you love Jesus and you just keep loving him and you keep going year after year after season after season after decade, you'll hit this so much. And how you respond will uh, determine if you keep going on that upward trajectory, if you just kind of get mad at people and then that compounds and, and then, you know, you just kind of go down that and then you, it's hard to recover if you just get too bitter. But I just want to make this real clear. If you love Jesus and you just keep loving him, you're on a, you're on a path of being misunderstood greatly by people. Uh, you're going to be misunderstood by parents, by siblings, uh, by uh, pastors, by your pastor. I mean, <laughs> you're going to be misunderstood by me. I mean, we're all going to misunderstand each other in a general sense sometimes, but there's going to be those times where it's like, no, I just really meant this. And someone really doesn't appreciate it because they think you're trying to be more spiritual or they think you should have been doing more work or, you know, it's just, so we're going to look at this through the lens of Mary of Bethany. But if, if, you, if you go like you really want to be a disciple of Jesus, like you really want to do it, at some point you're going to hit this Mary Martha situation or the other ones we're going to look at here in a moment. <clears throat> but here's the thing. The more you grow in love with Jesus, you spend your money different. You spend your time different. You make different life decisions. Excuse me. <coughs> I got a bug in my throat here. Forgive me. Let, me. let me try to clear this out. 
See if we can keep this going here. But you slowly but surely you you grow. And you know, you want to give a little more and you want to serve a little more and you want to be in the prayer room a little more and and it just it, it's it's who you are. You, you know, the things of the world don't interest you as much. I think I don't know if David sang the lyrics, but it's I can't remember if this that song he sang, but there's a song where uh, one of the lyrics is, uh, the things of this world grow strangely dim in light of his glory and grace. One of those great songs. And uh, it's just, you love Jesus, you're in the word, you're praying, you're trying to be faithful. It's sincere and you just, worldliness doesn't appeal to you. And, you know, just, there's a lot that you just, you're like, man, I want to, and so that's where Mary's at. She really believes this is this is this is the man. This is it. I want to just learn all I can. I want to do what's best and I want to follow him. When you do that though, it bothers people. And I wish we lived in a perfect world. I wish it wasn't like this, but we have to have the lights on fully. We live in a fallen world. Jesus will come back one day and make it perfect. But that day isn't here yet. <clears throat> and so we're going to have issues in, in the family. We're going to have issues in the church. And there's going to be issues. It's just, it is what it is. And we got to take, we got we to gotta keep our heart right in this. And so Mary, in this situation, we do not have a record of her saying anything to Martha. We see Mary sitting at the feet of Jesus, just taking in his words. Martha lashes out. We don't see Mary say anything. And Jesus defends her. And that is truly probably one of the wisest models of how we, when someone misunderstands us, and it could be just a, a general misunderstanding, it could be, they're not informed, or they could just be purposefully not understanding you, because that, that happens too, where someone's just decided they're not going to understand you. And I've had a few of those, and we all do, but no matter how, you know, what level it's at, you know, we, how we respond when we're misunderstood, mistreated, criticized, made fun of, or whatever, if we stay humble and we restrain ourselves in meekness, the Lord eventually answers, and it's a good answer. I mean, Mar- Mary could have been like, Martha, you're always losing it, and it's embarrassing, and, and maybe Jesus would have rebuked both of them. I don't know, but we, all we do know is, I mean, and we see this time and again in Mary of Bethany's life, she never answers for herself. And, and it's not that we don't ever defend ourselves. It's not that we don't ever speak up. But I would caution us, especially in the culture we're in today, everybody defends themselves on social media. Everybody has a, you know, I can't believe that person said that, so I'm going to tweet this. Or, you know, I can't believe that, so I'm going to comment this, and, or I'm going to put out a video. And it's become normal to avenge ourselves constantly. And I'm all for clearing things up when there's misunderstandings. But what I've learned through nearly 40 years and about half of that I've worked in ministry in some way, when you, when you get entrenched in defending yourself and replying to every slight 
and every misunderstanding, you begin to get into a narrative that consumes you. And it's so easy to just go off into the, well, I can't believe that, so I'm going to do this. And you start into this whole other narrative instead of, you know what, I'm just going to delete that whole thing and just love Jesus. And he'll just take care of my reputation or whatever. And so what I would encourage us is do what Mary did. Just seek to love Jesus, sit there, listen to him, have a prayer life. And when these situations come up, okay all right cool like help me like what and just take the humble posture and eventually the lord will make clear like i'm validating that life and by the way you martha who stormed you know i'm gonna i need you to we all have critics okay we and and the more you try to seek the lord and the more you love jesus you get a few more of them you just got to keep going and not pay too much attention you, you take the grain of truth and you just go with it but i love how mary she just let jesus answer for her what if we did that so that's if there's if there's stuff going on in the family it, it there's dynamics that happen when we love jesus and you know, one sibling thinks, well, if you love Jesus, you should have done this. And then another sibling has an opinion. We, we all deal with this, but just t- try to take that humble place as much as you can. My wife, Mandy, when she was, uh, I don't know, 18 or 19, we're, we're, she's mid-30s now, I'm late 30s, and she wanted to do a summer of just seeking the Lord and praying out at IHOP, uh, Kansas City. And so she did that, and that really bothered uh, one of our family members. And got really concerned and was like, this is a cult and all these things and super energized. And we're like, really? We're not like slaughtering animals. And I mean, like just what do you call it? And here's the thing, though. Mandy just did her thing and just prayed and didn't make a big deal out of it and got really on fire for the Lord. And now this family member, you know, they're real close now. And, and it could have been bad, but a lot of times people come around if you just don't make a big deal out of it. Some of, some of the people that will misunderstand us, we have to respond humble because they're going to be in our life for 30, 40, 50 years. And so just take that humble place as best as you know how. Here's the thing, like Mary and Martha had to wake up and do life together every day. And so it just doesn't make sense for Mary to get all angry and animated. But it does happen. It, it, it's gonna, if it hasn't, it will. <laughs> I want to go to another uh, scenario. This is Mary of Bethany again. So she, she was all kinds of misunderstood, but we find out why. Flip over to John 12. Or in Luke, flip over to John, next, next book. And we see a different situation. This is in all the Gospels, by the way. I love how it's written in John, though. John 12. 1 through 7. This is the story where uh, Mary pours the pound of costly oil. Chapter 12, verse 3. So there, Jesus comes to Bethany again. This is where Lazarus had been dead. Now he's raised from the dead. So they make us. So imagine you have the dead raising supper. Lazarus was dead, he's resurrected. 
He's alive again, so they, I guess we'll invite you over for dinner if you raise our brother from the dead. So I guess that's what you do. If, if someone gets raised from the dead, you invite them over to supper. So they're having a supper. And who's there? Martha, Lazarus, and Mary. But Mary just doesn't come for dinner. She takes what John says is a pound. I mean, not just a little perfume, a pound of very costly oil. Mark's gospel says it, it cost a year's salary. So whatever you make this year, put that in your mind, it cost an annual salary, a year's wages of this ointment. And she pours it on the feet of Jesus. Like, what in the world? So imagine having like a, I don't know, a bottle of Chanel or some kind of perfume that cost, you know, $100,000. And Jesus is at your dinner table and you just open that, you know, it's just this ridiculous gesture. And so this is what happens. The whole house is just the most aromatic smell, just consuming. And so that, that in and of itself seems extreme. But then it says one of the disciples who's there, so Judas is there, Judas Iscariot, says, why did you, why did you not give that to the poor? What a waste. Like, she, she pours out a hundred grand. I'm just making that number up, you know. Whatever a year's salary is for somebody, I mean, give or take, it could be 30000 it could be 100000 some people make a million a year or whatever. They, she just pours that on Jesus, and this is what Judas says. Oh, what a waste. Mary, what are you doing? You could have, like, sold that and gotten that 100000 and gotten so many people out of poverty. What are you doing? Once again, misunderstood. But this isn't just sister. This isn't just family. This is... This is a leader. This is someone who evidently is a big deal. I mean, this is one of the 12. And so it stings when you're misunderstood by your sister or dad or mom or your cousin. But when the people you really look up to who are the the apostles of the Lord, when they rebuke you in your own house for doing you're just trying to be devoted as much as you know how and they come against you, then you're really shaking. Like, oh my gosh, maybe that was a mistake. We don't know what went through her mind. We just know that she doesn't say anything. There's nothing recorded of her. Maybe she did. We just don't have the, we don't have it. And so we just, if it's not there, we just, we don't know. We get the impression that she doesn't respond, and so Jesus responds. I know, I know Jesus a little bit by now, and I've, I've learned that if we don't avenge ourselves, He will avenge us. If we restrain ourselves, He steps in. But if we make a habit of always defending, always clarifying, always making sure we get our point in, then he steps back a little bit. He says, you want to do it? Okay, I'll back up. But if you take the humble place, I'll step in. And so I try to learn that. I, try, I mean, when things get a little testy, I kind of go, okay, all right, 
I'll just kind of do, like when David, when it says Shimei was, you know, throwing things at him and rebuking him and all that, and David's guys said, should we kill him? And David said, no, don't kill him. That, that might be, the Lord might be using that guy in my life, essentially. You got to look that story up sometime. And so you just, you don't just automatically clarify and snap back and defend and put out a tweet saying, oh, I can't believe you misunderstood. No, you, maybe sometimes, but I don't think it should rule our life. I don't think it should be the norm where we're constantly trying to win every little battle when we're misunderstood. Because people will misunderstand us. They will purposefully misunderstand us. And I only think it's going to escalate because the world is only going to get worldlier. And um, worldly Christians are only going to become more worldly Christians. And so the more you want to love Jesus and live right and use your money right and your time right and all these things, there's just going to be animated people. And some of them will be big names. Some of them will be like a Judas or some of them will be, you know, apparently a big deal. Martha doesn't, I mean, Mary doesn't say anything. And then Jesus steps in and says, leave her alone. She kept this for the day of my burial. I mean, then Jesus says, you're going to have the poor with you always, but you don't always have me. And it's just like, whoa, who do you think you are? And Jesus is like, son of God, you know. I don't know. <laughs> but Jesus even was like, guys, there's, there's someone greater then it's good that you want to do good works. Judas, I get your heart, but there's someone greater here and she's doing this for my burial. She's anointing me for my burial, which was customary to, uh, to anoint uh, a royal. To, to, yeah, that was, that was customary in that, in that uh, culture. Now, not everybody was connected to the fact that he was going to die and be buried but she was starting to connect the dots. And so she anoints him. And Jesus says, this was for my burial. Now it says here, there's some added detail. I mean, Judas comes down hard on Mary. And then John, I just think, John, what a, what a guy. He, he not only says that, um, verse 6, John fully exposes Judas's motive here. And he says, he said this not because he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief and he had the money box and he used to take what was in it. So imagine, I mean, John just fully blows up Judas in this situation. Judas tries to just criticize and, you know, all that and misunderstands her motive, but we see why. Now take notice this. The two people who misunderstand, so Martha and Judas, they misunderstand but we see from Scripture why. They both had issues they were dealing with. Martha was worried and troubled about many things. Judas has, you know, he's stealing what's coming into the offerings. And so we see underneath their misunderstanding is there's stuff going on. And, and, and I would offer this, your most vocal critics, the people who misunderstand you and purposefully misunderstand you, there's, there's stuff ha- happening underneath that. There, there's stuff happening in their heart that you don't fully see, but Jesus sees. Just let it alone and let him answer you, or him, him answer for you. It is just a it's, a, it's a good way to approach kingdom life when you're just going for God, doing your mission, 
someone's going to come out of the woodwork and totally not get what you're doing. I've, I've had people meet with me and just basically tell me, you know, you can't really do that much prayer. Oh, okay. Like, I don't, I don't know what you think that means, but I'm just trying to do exactly what Jesus told me to do. Like, why, I don't even understand why that even bothers you. Like, there's people all over the world doing all kinds of crazy things. I just want to have a prayer center. I think God wants to do 24-7. We're just going to go for that and see what happens. And that just, some people can't handle that. And so I just have to kind of get into a, every once in a while, someone disagrees or misunderstands, and I, and I try to be helpful, but they've decided they don't want help, and then you just move on. And you can't make, you can't make a big deal out of it, and, and eventually the Lord will just make clear Hey, I'm I'm with what you're doing. Stay humble, and I'll take care of everybody else that you know doesn't like what you're doing. Because I like what you're doing. Now, it doesn't mean we're perfect. It doesn't mean that we never make mistakes or anything like that. But if you just if you love Jesus, you want to be His disciple. You want to do exactly what He calls you to do. He's gonna He's gonna show much favor to your life. It's He's gonna make it work. I mean, it might not be like you might not be Billy Graham leading millions to the Lord, but He'll be with you. And and you know what? Here's the thing: like Billy Graham needs to lead his millions to the Lord, and Susie needs to do uh, you know Sunday school talking to three kids about Jesus, and both get the same reward. Both get the exact same reward because really the the reward is for faithfulness. The, re- the reward is for doing what Jesus called you to do. So he doesn't see Billy Graham in heaven and go, oh my gosh, Billy Graham. Uh, he- here's half of the kingdom for you. And oh, Susie, sorry, you only talked to a few kids in Sunday school. Like, you can get this job picking weeds over here. Like, not, nothing like that. If, if we do what Jesus called us to do, we get our full reward. And so there's going to be some people in heaven who are rewarded and their calling literally was to work in business and just run a business for Jesus. Others, you know, are going to do Sunday school or there's a thousand different callings. We just need to do what we're called to do. Mary of Bethany, she's not called to be an apostle like the 12. She's not, she doesn't have any fancy title like evangelist or pastor or apostle, prophet, teacher. She's just Mary of Bethany who like to sit and hear Jesus talk. And she's just Mary Bethany. He's like, oh, Jesus is coming over. I'm just going to pour my perfume on him. There, there was nothing outward that made it seem like she's a big deal. And yet, what do we see at the end of her? In Mark 14, Jesus makes an astounding statement. In Mark 14, this is one of the other... Mark 14, 8 to 9, this is one of the other passages of the anointing at Bethany. He says, uh, you have the poor with you always. Whatever you wish, do with them. Me, you do not always have. But then Mark adds this on. She has done what she could. She came beforehand to anoint my body for burial. Assuredly, I say to you, wherever this gospel is preached in the whole world, what this woman has done will also be told as a memorial to her. Wow. Wherever the gospel goes worldwide, people are going to talk about Mary of Bethany as a memorial to her. Now, come on, Jesus. Really? 
Like they're going to talk about her and they're not going to talk about you. No, here's the thing, because when they talk about her, they're going to see how to love me. And so I'm going to let people talk about her. And that's just like Jesus. So I think it's funny because I am highly motivated to share these stories. And Jesus, it's like he knew it would happen. It's like he's saying, the gospel is going to go everywhere, and wherever the gospel permeates society, eventually they're going to talk about this one lady who sat at the feet of Jesus, who didn't get all caught up in replying, and she was misunderstood by Judas and others, but she didn't get all caught up in trying to clarify, but she just let me answer the way she lived, and she carried her heart. That's what I'm looking for in my disciples. Now, she wasn't known as like a John or a a Paul or a Peter. But what's interesting is Jesus didn't say that they'd be talked about. And it's okay to talk about Paul and Peter. I mean, we're going to talk about all the Bible characters. But he specifically mentions she would be talked about. It's, it's, It's the ultimate validation Martha spoke wrong about her. Judas spoke wrong about her. There was probably others that spoke wrong about her. But I'm going to put the the final stamp on her life is people around the world are going to talk about Mary of Bethany and how she sat at my feet, how she gave all, how she broke that uh, alabaster flask full of uh, anointing oil how she really gave her heart, like that's what I'm looking for. And so she's going to be talked about. Now, here's the thing. We're, we're not in this to be talked about. I'm sure Mary wasn't doing all this so that she would be talked about. Of course not. But here's the thing I do want to mention. If you, if you live in this spirit, if you really just spend time with him, if you really get to know his heart, if you really start to just give like lord i want to i want to just pour all of me onto you and so that's going to mean my time and my finance and my energy and i'm going to take seasons to press into you and i'm going to rearrange work and i'm going to make decisions so i can be near you more when you do that it's like god amplifies your message and he gets you out to more people because he knows you're going to lead people to him like that's, that's, that's kind of the, the story is God will give you, not that the point is like a platform. I mean, a platform could be, you know, at work or at a church or, you know, on Instagram, you might be, you know, someone doing videos, but he's going to use people and he's going to amplify the stories and the people who are going for it like this. I just think it's so crazy that we don't have a Bible verse where Jesus is like, you know what, we're going to... Wherever the gospel goes, what Paul has done will be told as a memorial to him or what Peter did. And and of course, we need to talk about all these different Bible characters, but Jesus specifically mentions Mary of Bethany. I think that's interesting. And I think it's interesting that he says that about a woman because that that back then was a little not acceptable. You know, here's this this woman that we're going to talk about. And even in the church today, there's still debate like, can I, can I, can a woman teach in church? Well, I mean, if Jesus wanted us to learn from Mary of Bethany, if that woman's story is going to be told, I, I think it's okay. <laughs> you know, I'm not going to get off on another message there. But 
I just think it's interesting that he so honors in a culture that would kind of silence the voice of a woman. He's the one that says, well, it's, it's this woman's story that's going to be preached everywhere, guys. And I could use Paul and Peter and John, and I could say their story, but it's actually going to be this woman. And I think that's just like Jesus to elevate and in, in, in a culture where, you know, it was normal to not even regard the, the uh, opinion or the devotion of a woman and not really put her up on par with the guys. He's the one that elevates her. And I, and I still think he's doing that today. I think we have to recognize that, that part of our role as leaders and, and as men, we have to there's sometimes these women that just we need to elevate them and say you need to you need to share your story more and and we need to do that but but Jesus certainly did that with Mary of Bethany and so I think the closer we get to when Jesus returns I mean no one knows the day but you know sooner than later I think we're gonna we're gonna hear more about this specific woman and how she lived and, and how she carried her heart. And I tell you what, every time I talk about her, I get a little more clarity. I'm like, oh, that's part of her story that you want me to share. That's part of the story you want me to get. It's, it's not that she just had quiet times, but there's a way she carried her heart. Interesting. Now there's more we could share. There's the, uh, there's the uh, point in time where Lazarus had died and Jesus came late and Mary ran out there. If you would have been here, you know, this wouldn't have happened. And, and even in that situation, uh, Mary shows a, sh- that there's a unique difference of character than, than Martha that I think is very interesting. That's for another time and another place, but we'll be misunderstood, family. If, if we, if we want to do this, if we want to follow Jesus, there's going to be family dynamics. There's going to be people that don't understand. And, there's, and you know what? Here's the thing. The older I get, I recognize I could end up doing this to people. I could know the stories and misunderstand my kids when they want to be fervent or misunderstand what's this guy doing that seems to be not meshing with what I think God's doing. And so we have to all be careful. You know, we set our heart. We don't want to become the Martha and the Judas that's rebuking people. Um, and, and we're not even seeing that we've got stuff going on underneath. And it's, here's the thing. We live in this cancel culture right now. You guys know what I'm talking about. And so it's almost trendy to be the person on social media or in the, in the know that's like canceling everyone and criticizing everyone. But I want to say this assuredly, there's stuff underneath, and it's almost always hypocrisy. I mean, like 99.9999% of the time, the people who are most animated, we need to cancel that guy, they're doing the same thing. Uh, this is just 40 years of experience. The people who are most, I can't believe all these hypocritical pastors, you're doing the same thing. If you were honest and we found out, you're doing the exact same thing, if not worse. And, and, you know, when I was 20, I was a little more, um, like, idealistic. But there, I've learned the people who are most, like, harsh and judgmental and cancel that guy, shut them down. You know, like right now, I'll just say this as an example right now. There is a 
you guys know um, the Mars Hill, Mark Driscoll, just going to name a name here. So he went through a whole bunch of stuff and then they replanted in another state. Okay, so there's all kinds of drama at this church. And so today, there are huge amounts of believers that are fully committed to hating Mark Driscoll. I mean, putting out exposés, videos, digging through all the finances. And here's the thing. Everybody makes mistakes, but some people decide to dig in and hate a specific person the rest of their life. And it's, you know, it's Mark Driscoll today, and then it's Billy Bob tomorrow, and it's Billy Bob's mom the next day. But someone will be in the limelight, and they'll have kind of a falling out, and you'll see part of the body of Christ, it's like, I don't want to be too crass, but it's like, it's, it's like flies. It's just like, and we're going to go, and wherever that mess is, we're going to just hover there, and we're going to live there. And, they, and it, five, ten years this has been going on, or videos, and it's like, we need to have this narrow vision of like, Jesus is beautiful, let's just focus on that guy. Okay, that, they had a mess up, and they replanted, like that, you know, like, uh, and, and, you know, I get that that might be oversimplifying things. There is real abuse. There is real grievous sin that we just can't encourage people to go and stay there. We, you know, move on. But to devote energy and time and years to like, oh, we got to hate that guy and we got to cancel that guy. And there's only about two people I can really listen to. No, 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 don't. You can actually listen to people who failed. Don't cancel anybody. Like, you're, you're as sinful as anybody else, and Jesus didn't cancel you. In fact, he forgave you. And so there are people who they've really messed up, and I carry my heart. I, I try to be tender to them because I could do that. You could do that. Anybody could have some huge, major mess. And the more I get judgy and critical, and, and I, I'm just going to assume the worst, and I'm definitely going to misunderstand them, and I'm going to twist everything they say, like that's where Judas went. And that's where Martha was heading. And Jesus had words for them. And I don't want to be that, and you don't want to be that. We want to be this Mary who's like, you know, I just want to love Jesus. That's right. I just want to love Jesus. And, oh, you're not happy about it. Okay, I'll just let Jesus answer that. Now, practically speaking, in our day and age, Jesus doesn't just appear in the other room and say, Martha, sit down, let's have a chat. What happens is over time, God answers them through various situations. And he makes it clear, I'm validating that guy and I'm not validating you. And you need to learn a lesson. And so it happens through circumstances mostly. And so when when a ministry is doing really well and this ministry over here doesn't like it and they get super animated, they just keep humming 10 years, 20 years, 30 years. They're doing, and then these ministries come and go all the time. And they, it's, I don't think they ever understand that you can't make a ministry out of purposefully misunderstanding Mary's <laughs> and be healthy. And so there's a lot of discernment ministries, discernment ministries that are just full-blown toxic. And so they sound smart, but they're Judas and Martha. So they, they have awesome websites and they sound like they know everything. They don't know everything. Because if you're really doing it, like Mary, you're not, you're not that animated. You're just, I just want to focus on Jesus. I don't want to focus on drama. I, I just like Jesus and I want to further his kingdom. And let's do that. 
Let's break free of partisan stuff, partisanship. Let's break free of cancel culture. Let's not get our cues from the media. Like, guys, it's actually possible to live as a Christian and not have the backdrop of everything be politics. <laughs> like, what if we just, what if we looked at Jesus and that was good enough? I, I don't want to go too much longer. Just bear with me. I feel like so much of Christianity today is like a reaction to what's on the news and in politics instead of just looking at the glory of Jesus. And I just want to love him and serve him and pray and worship from that. Not out of a reaction to anything other than I just love Jesus. So much today is, well, President Biden said this, so this is the message today. Or President Trump did that, so here's what we're praying tonight. Or I can't believe on the news they did that, so here's what our emphasis is for four weeks in the church. It's like, no, no, guys, like, we're a house of prayer. You guys know what I'm talking about. Like, I get it. We need to be aware of what's going on in culture, but it can't control us and dominate us. Amen. We have to be careful what narrative we allow to play in there all day. And so Martha had a narrative Judas had a narrative, but Mary had a narrative. You know what I mean? And her narrative was, oh, I love Jesus. I just want to hear what he has to say. I could go on. I don't want to go too long, guys, but you get my heart. You're going to bump into these misunderstandings. You're going to have meetings with people who you thought, oh, I thought you wanted to meet because we were friends, but you actually wanted to not understand me. <laughs> okay. Like, I love you though, let's be friends. And you're gonna have a few weird moments, but just stay humble and keep going. And the Lord will, will kind of give you that validation over your life like he did with Mary. It's like the final validation is people are gonna talk about her all over the world. Judas, he didn't like her. There was stuff going on. Mar Martha, he didn't like her. There was stuff. But people all over the world are gonna know her. For generations to come because she's going to lead people to me. And I think, I think that's the deal. That's what the Lord would say to us. If you'd live in that way and you'd live in, with a certain heart posture, I can say to people, look at Cody. To, let Cody tell his story because that story will bring people to me. Or Curtis or Jen or you, you know, you, sir. He's going to use people that their very life and their story will bring people closer to him. And I want to be in that kind of group. Amen. 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 For more messages like this one, please visit our online teaching library at gphop.org teachings. If you found this free material helpful in your walk with God, please prayerfully consider a generous donation. To give, please visit gphop.org slash donate. That's gphop.org slash donate. Thank you, and may the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ richly bless you today.